0: Everyone, my name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So, so glad to have you back for another week of wild stories about wonderful women told by your favorite woo girl. Okay, and yes, I am a proud woo girl. Okay, there is no shame in my game. I love having a few woos with my wine. Always a great time. Now, we are smack dab in the middle of Women's History Month, and we kicked it off last week with a totally selfless story of Clara Barton and all her incredible history that helped to found one of the greatest humanitarian organizations in history, which just happens to be the American Red Cross. So if you want to check out that episode, that is our last episode. And we also featured Bessie Coleman, who was just like a literal superhero, but no big deal. Um, But I mean, these stories, these women are just truly awe-inspiring, and I feel like I'm not even doing them justice with my little 20-minute history lessons, because you could really speak on the history of these women for hours, and their impact, and the things they do, but I really try to distill it down to the hard facts for you guys, because number one fact is always stranger than fiction, and also way more inspiring, so... That's sort of like what drives me and what is driving these stories. And also, it's just really encouraging to see so many women who also experience so much adversity, you know, not just from society as a whole, but from, you know, their family and home environments, which, of course, being, you know, a survivor of childhood trauma, I really relate to. So I really love sharing these stories, and I hope that you take from them what you need. But this week, okay, we're switching it up because I love balance. I'm a hippie. I love duality. So today we're going to feature the story of a woman who lived differently, depending on what side your morals are on, and who made their name within a dangerous life of crime. So in spite of her unsavory lifestyle, this individual made leaps and bounds of progress as a woman by simply existing and totally demolishing everyone's ideas about the expectations of women to be soft, demure, and less determined than their male counterparts. This individual story is mythical, but documented in an anthology of other stories by similarly dastardly dudes, which is also a huge kudos to just how important her impact was on the history of that industry. This individual was on even footing with her male peers in a particularly lucrative industry that was not usually very kind to women. I mean, there were literally curses, a lot of superstition associated with, negative superstition associated with just having a woman on your vessel. So it was a big deal. And this individual wasn't just in the industry, but she became an actual legend in her field. Up there with the greats, such as Captain Kidd and Thomas 2. So all my history nerds just like super perked up when they heard those names. Or all my uncharted nerds. Ah, I see you. I told you guys this is going to be a great story. So let's get right into it. Today, we'll be discussing the bandit, the boss, the buccaneer, and Bonnie. Now, I do want to caveat this by saying that Anne's story is more in the realm of the mythical, but is documented. And I wanted to be really transparent about that because there are several iterations of her history, but there are a few documents confirming factual information. But much of her story is oral history, so just keep that in mind. Really long intro this today, you guys, so thanks for bearing with me. (laughs) Anne Bonnie whose maiden name was Anne Cormack, was born in the early 1700s in County Cork, Ireland. Due to Anne's status within society in the time period, as well as the mysterious circumstances surrounding her birth, the actual day she was born isn't known. Anne was an only child to her parents, Mary and William, Anne's father, William, was a wealthy lawyer who was married, while her mother was one of the servants that worked in their home. After her mother's pregnancy was found out, her father decided to move the family away, and they eventually ended up in South Carolina, a huge port city, which was ruled by Great Britain at the time. A good thing even though it was very interesting circumstances, is that Anne's father, although the family wasn't brought together under the best of these conservative ideals surrounding family at the time, he still stayed loyal to his family and committed to providing for them. Establishing a new life in a foreign land is difficult, and the family did have a period of struggle but were able to get on their feet pretty quickly due to the skill set of Anne's father. He became a wealthy merchant and lawyer pretty quickly. Now, Anne, although she'd had humble beginnings, was able to benefit from the move and from her father's status and resources through influence and, of course, comfortability. Sadly, tragedy would hit the family, and Anne's mother was stricken with typhoid fever, passing away when Anne was just 12 years old. This just left Anne and her father, whom she had a great relationship and who would become her primary caregiver. Now, Anne's personality, there isn't a lot about her childhood, but Anne's personality is described as assertive and forthright even aggressive in some cases, which was just used to describe a woman who showed their emotion. Because any emotion outside of demure and muted was completely out of scope for women's emotions at the time. There's a few stories of Anne growing up, such as that her mother would dress her in boys' clothes and that she stabbed a peer In a disagreement. So, yeah. Now, again, Anne's story is basically legend and facts mixed together. I really want to drive that point home. And it's really been mixed together in such a way that it's hard to distinguish between fact or fiction. So, just keep that in mind when I'm recounting these memories. You'll hear a lot of different, basically, versions of Anne's life story. I tried to stick to the most corroborated facts, pretty much. Anne was basically known to have a temper, that is for sure, and to be absolutely dogged in her pursuit of the things that she wanted, often throwing away any traditional convention in favor of what she wanted to do instead. (laughs) A woman after my own heart, if I do say so myself. When Anne's mother died, Anne became the head of the household and helped her father with his home and business. As Anne grew up, she became notorious for her behavior and, of course, her father's fortune. I mean, she was the most eligible bachelorette in the area as everyone knew that any man that married her would inherit her father's business and riches. As was customary in those days, when Anne became of age, her father chose who he wanted her to marry. And, of course, uh, Anne flat-out refused. I mean... What, what what did he expect? In perfect, rebellious girl form, who does Anne decide to marry? Why, a former pirate, of course. Oh my God, a legend. I mean, what a legend. That should be taught in the master class of how to piss off your father. Marry a former pirate. I just respect her so much for that. Reportedly, after her marriage announcement, Anne's father promptly kicked her out of the house. And in response, Anne set fire to her father's plantation and then ran off to the Bahamas with her new husband. (laughs) True badassery here. Kind of harsh, but hey, I'm still a huge fan. I'm still a huge fan. Although Anne's husband was a former pirate, after arriving in the Bahamas, he received a pardon from the governor in exchange for his employment and information. James Bonney, which was the name of her husband, became an informant who would rat out his former pirate buddies to the government for capture. Now, Anne was wild but honorable, and she did not approve of her husband's agreement with the governor. Not to mention that Anne often hung out with the very people that her husband was exposing as criminals. Of course, this did not make for a happy marriage, and Anne was often seen rubbing shoulders with the pirates in her local watering holes. In 1719, Anne would meet one of the most infamous pirates of the seas while in Nassau, a pirate by the name of John Rockham, who was more well-known by his moniker and pirate name of Calico Jack. Calico Jack was a real pirate who was enjoying a bit of time away in the Bahamas as the islands were known to be a safe haven for pirates. Anne and Calico Jack became fast friends that then evolved into lovers. Anne was torn as she was unhappy with her current husband and sought to begin a new life with Calico Jack. Calico Jack even went so far as to approach Anne's husband and offer to pay him to divorce Anne. Because at the time, women weren't allowed to divorce men. Naturally, Anne's husband refused. But knowing Anne, I'd say that made absolutely zero difference in her ultimate decision. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Anne would meet Calico Jack in spring and would be sailing away with him on a stolen boat. In summer of that same year, a month later, a warrant for their arrest was issued by the governor and Anne started her life as an official pirate. There are around 15 total members of the crew who sailed the high seas with Calico Jack and Anne around the Caribbean, pillaging and plundering as they went along. It should also be noted that Anne and Calico Jack's relationship was highly unusual for the time, and especially for their occupations. Firstly, being that pirates were obviously rolling stones, and secondly, there is plenty of pirate lore surrounding sailing that says women on a boat were inherently bad luck. In some pirate circles, women were explicitly barred from even stepping foot on a ship. So to have Anne on the ship and a part of the crew, equal parts plundering and pillaging with them all, was completely unheard of at the time. It was reported that Anne would dress as a man when pillaging, but would wear her regular clothes while on board, so she wasn't hiding that she was a woman by any means. During one of their excursions and captures, they added one more to their crew of merry men and women. And this new member was, shockingly, another woman. Like, this was a really progressive pirate crew. (laughs) The woman was named Mary Reed, and Anne took an immediate liking to her, of course. The two women became two peas in a pod, and Anne taught her the practice of dressing like a man and sharing equal credit with her male counterparts. The crew made their way around the Bahamas and the Caribbean, capturing merchant ships and living the pirate's life. During this adventure, though, they were being pursued by a privateer, which is essentially a pirate hunter. While they had been able to evade their pursuers for quite some time, they were eventually caught up with in Jamaica. When they saw the approaching ship, they tried to make a quick escape by cutting their anchor cable and heading out to sea. Unfortunately, they were eventually caught on the ship and boarded, where a bloody battle ensued. Now, it was said that of all the pirates on board to defend the ship, Only Anne and Mary were above deck when the invaders boarded, while Calico Jack and his crew hid in the below decks. This part of the story really threw me for a loop, as I couldn't imagine having the two ladies defending the ship while there was a full crew of guys who just didn't join in the fight at all. In spite of their best efforts to repel the opposition, the ship was captured and everyone was arrested, before being transported to Jamaica to be officially charged with piracy. The crew was hauled back to Jamaica to stand for their trials, while the men and the women were being tried separately. Now, this was a fortuitous turn for the women, as the men were promptly tried and hung for their crimes. By the way, I had to mention that Anne's last words, or one of the last things that she said to Calico Jack After he received his sentence was, and I quote, if you had fought like a man, you wouldn't be hanged like a dog. Wow. Yikes. Ouch. Yowzers. Okay. As if being hung wasn't bad enough, you've got to suffer third degree burns from your ex on the way to the gallows. Like, jeez, man. After the men, the women were next up in which they both received the same sentence, death by hanging. In an incredible turn of events, though, both the women were able to avoid the hanging after revealing that they were both pregnant, which considering their lifestyle was not so extraordinary. But the court did commence a medical review to confirm and they were indeed both pregnant. The women's lives were spared temporarily as it was illegal to kill a pregnant woman at the time. The women were supposedly placed in prison, but this is where the story gets hazy. Neither of the women were ever executed, but Mary was recorded as passing away April 28th, 1721. Anne's fate was never confirmed, as she wasn't recorded as having died or been detained. She just essentially disappears from history at this point. There's a few stories as to where she'd ended up, but nothing has really been proven. Some say she died in Jamaica. There's some records that say that she could have passed away there. Others say that she went right back to the pirate life. She essentially hooked up with another infamous pirate named Robert Fenwick, and they supposedly headed back out to sea. There's also another theory that she just faded off and married somebody else and had like a quiet life on the island. So there's a lot of controversy about what really happened after that trial. In either case, I mean, Anne's story as a whole is just fun to learn about and just truly a tale for the pirate in us all. I myself am a huge fan of pirate lore And Anne Bonny is hands down one of my favorite characters because she's always depicted as being even more cutthroat than her male counterparts, and I really like that. Of course, with all oral histories, who knows just how accurate certain parts are, but the core of the story remains the same in every version. Anne Bonny was one of the most legendary and fearsome pirates that ever sailed the seven seas. And as a woman, being acknowledged and recognized for your accomplishments, I mean, that's hard to come by. But for Anne to be remembered, documented in actual history books as completely surpassing her male peer captains is truly a testament to just how badass she was. And I mean, who wouldn't want to be forever immortalized in the company of the likes of Blackbeard and Sir Francis Drake? Yes, another Uncharted reference. You guys knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Don't act surprised. So you can check us out at our website at madeofmetalpodcast.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And that's Made of Metal. M-E-T-T-L-E. So I know I had told you guys a while ago that I was getting the YouTube up and running. And it happened. (laughs) So please check me out on YouTube, Made of Metal Podcast. I'm posting all the episodes up there. I would love to chat with you. Please comment, listen, let me know what you think. I really, really appreciate it. I love each and every one of you. I cannot express that enough. Every single listener, I am so appreciative. It is such a pleasure and a privilege to be here with you guys. I just, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I can't wait to power through to episode 50. So thank you guys so much for listening. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted.